welcome to the Singaporean Golf Pro Podcast, the podcast for golf professionals by golf professionals. This is episode two of the Singaporean Golf Pro Podcast, and I am your host, Wei Li Lu. That is great music by Timp. He's my great buddy, and you can find him on Spotify and Apple Music at T-I-M-P. Now, let's head into the podcast. So welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today, we have Dean Kendall with me. He's the general manager at San Davis Golf Club. It's a private country club in Wayne, Pennsylvania, and also a proud Penn State alumni. Thank you for coming on the show, Dean. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, sure. Um, so talk a little bit about your story because you had the Getting Better Now podcast with Golf Business Network before. Mm-hmm. And you also mentioned how uh, you were in Penn State for golf management, but switched. Found yourself back in the golf industry, worked at San Davis as a head pro, went to Golf Business Network, and now you're back there as the general manager. So yeah, you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah, kind of a, a lot there, but I think something's definitely um, a, a good story to tell is that that you know my experience back in in college and in the golf management program at Penn State. Um, you know, as I was coming up and and going through high school and and deciding where I wanted to go, I really didn't have much of a question of where I wanted to go. I, I knew I wanted to go to Penn State, and I had found out about this golf management program, which at the time. Uh, in the you know early 90s, it was pretty new and it was a, a unique program. And so that to me seemed like a perfect fit. You know, I, I, I loved golf since the time I was a, a younger kid and this seemed like, hey, I can make a career out of this. This is great. So I was, you know, pretty full steam ahead. And when I jumped, when I got into the program and I was pretty sure that's what I wanted to do. And, you know, much like happens as you're growing and experiencing yeah. different things and, and maturing. And, um, you know, I just, I, after doing a couple internships, I just wasn't sure that it was right for me. And, you know, I, I go back and say this a lot that um, the people that were running the program at the time, it said often, you know, Hey, if you're not really you know, almost hundred percent committed to this, this might not be the right thing for you because of the requirements of, internships in the summer, you know, the grind of, of working at clubs uh, and just in the golf industry. And so I took that to heart and started looking at other options, always knowing that I could go back to golf. Mm-hmm. And it was really, you know, that, that time that I spent away from golf and I changed my major, you know, and then changed it again after that and, right. and got away from golf for a couple of years, at least working in golf and and going to school for it it was really those couple years that made me rediscover kind of my love for golf and my and my passion for the game which led to really a a commitment to say hey now I know this is really what I want to do you know I often joke and say during those two years I found out I wasn't any good at anything else so I might as well go back to golf but but it was really like hey I started having fun playing golf again and said hey you know what this is this is something that I want to do for my career so 
I always knew I could start back over and I did. I started from scratch when I graduated. I didn't have at that point, my didn't have a ton of internship experience. I certainly wasn't going through an interning at, at top 100 clubs like so many of the students get to now. Yeah. But, but so I, I was just happy to get a, a job in the business when I graduated and started at a daily fee facility and happened to work for a great guy there who's still a friend of mine, Joe Kelly, and just worked my way up from there. And then, then my story is much like many other people where it was spend some time at a, at a club, get some experience, move on to the next club. I was always pretty adamant that, hey, I didn't want to spend more than a couple or a few years at a, at a club. I didn't want to spend any years just spinning my wheels and doing the same thing over and over again. So once I felt like I kind of gotten everything out of that club and, and the experience that I needed, I've in, improved my network, I've increased my skill set, then it was time to move on and, and, mm-hmm. and try, to, try to move up and, and progress in my career. And, you know, and, eventually that right. led me to St. David. And it's so funny we, we talk about that because I'm pretty sure a lot of golf management students out there who are all college students, you know, they're just discovering their route. And sometimes you think you're going to a different direction, but what's meant to be is meant to be. And you somehow ended up back in golf. And if we take it one step at a time and, and just do the best you can, and that's really relevant in your story. Yeah. And it's, it's just not, it, it can be a linear progression for some people where it just kind of makes sense the whole way, but it's usually not. And that's actually played itself out again in my career. Now, if I look at you know my last two or three years where, you know, I made a, a decision to take a, a job at Golf Business Network, which, you know, I was excited to, to take on that challenge. And that led gave me an opportunity to do a lot of things that I'd become really passionate about and on a full-time basis. And then a year later, here I am in a position where I probably have, could be quoted as saying, well, I'm never, I'd never, I'm not interested in being a general manager. I'll never be a GM. And, and here I am. And, uh, and so far so good there, but um, so it's just another example of, of how you you can't predict the future all the time, but um, you can always try to do your best to put yourself in the right position. Yeah, and we often um, put pressure on ourselves, like we got to figure our entire life out, but that's that's not the case really. Yeah. We don't know where where the opportunities will land us sometimes. Like, and you talked about golf business network, and I'm I'm sure you had that uh together with your own uh website the golf Mm -hmm. professional growth gpg yeah right so like you said that you were passionate about something you could that you wanted to do and you were able to do it full-time can you share like what were you passionate about in that sense yeah so about five years into my head professional job here at st david's um i had you know I was, was getting used to the position. I felt pretty comfortable. Things were going pretty well in the job. But one of the, my biggest challenges was just managing all of the tasks, all the priorities, all the incoming messages from people, all the responsibilities with my team and, and just everybody. And then being a husband and a father at home as well. And so I'd always considered myself pretty organized mm-hmm. and having good systems to stay organized. But they were you know, not enough to kind of, kind of keep my stress levels down at, at the club. 
And so I just decided that, hey, there's got to be some better ways out there. Some, somebody has to have figured this out so far as how to, how to manage all of this in a, in a normal way that's not going to just keep you up at night. And um, the more I got into it, the more I started to figure out more about time management and priority management and productivity. And I really dove like really deep down this rabbit hole into that stuff for about for a couple of years. And I put together some systems that I thought mm-hmm. were really helpful for me. And they did lower my stress level. They did make me more comfortable at work. I did feel more on top of my priorities. Like I was getting the right things done. Things weren't slipping through the crack. And I was able to be more present at home and not always worried about what I had to get done. And so as that started to, to come together, I said, it was about the same time that I think I just had this inkling or this itch to, to start something. And not right. that I ever thought it was going to be some sort of moneymaker or, you know, side business, but I just, you know, I think as the job was getting more right. of the same day to day and I'd run the events before and I knew everybody, I think I was probably just looking for something to, you know, to explore your creativity. Ex- yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. And so I built this website called Golf Professional Growth and I decided, hey, I'm just going to start start documenting what I was what I had learned. It had helped me. And every time I was in a room with other head professionals, all anybody did was talk about how busy they were and how stressed they were and how it was tough to focus on things at home and stuff. So I said, hey, let me just put it out there, which wasn't really a, a normal thing for me. I wasn't a, a heavy poster on social media or anything right. like that before that. But I said, I'm just going to start writing these articles in a way that is just as a way to help people if they want to read them. It wasn't like, hey, this is the only way to do it, do it, or else it was, hey, if this helps you, here's systems that have helped me. And started to do that, started to write also about leadership. And the more I wrote about leadership, the more I learned about it, the better leader I became to my team at the club. Mm -hmm. And the more things started to just make sense to me, like, Hey, these things like time management, managing and leading people, communication, to me, these seem like these are really important things in being successful in this business. And, but what do we learn in golf? For good reason. We learn about a lot of golf stuff, right? Right, We learn about business of golf. We learn about, you know, the game of golf and, and everything that goes along with that. But when it comes down to it, every, every ed pro at every club in America knows how to run a tournament and how to sell a shirt, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how to do all those things. But to me, it seemed like a differentiating factor could be who could stay organized and get their stuff done without, uh, and be responsible uh, for fulfilling all the needs of all the people around them, who can manage and lead a great team of people that want to come back to work and put in the time and effort day in and day out. So as I kind of started to really focus on the, that, I, that's when I had the, the idea of starting a podcast and, right. and just, you know, much like your decision yeah. to start this, it was, Hey, if I can, if I can get some people in some conversations and, and ask them, Hey, what do you think are the most important mm-hmm. skills that it takes to be successful over the long term? and see what they say and see right. if they can yeah. see if they agree with me or if they have different insights and i was a big podcast guy at the time and i listened was listening to 50 different podcasts on my way to work and um so and podcasts were really getting popular at that time it was like mm-hmm. 2016 17 and so i started it i had no yeah. idea what i was doing 
like I said, it wasn't really a comfortable thing for me. I didn't know, you know, the first thing about doing just it. Gotta, just yeah, just gotta take that first step. Yeah, F- figure it out one step at a time. And and like you said, um, having a good platform where you're able to share with other people, and that's that's why we are all in the golf industry. We're all about the people spreading positivity. And it's funny you mentioned uh the work life balance, which mm-hmm. you know, the big cat in the room. Like we've been talking about this in the last two episodes, also, uh, with the golf digest article and yeah. the fact that you are sharing. Uh, management techniques to to discipline your time and to share that with the rest of the industry I think this is something people need to hear and listen to and learn from and learn from each other actually and and to have a platform to do that is is really amazing yeah um you know I had a chance to actually interview Shane Ryan last summer after that article came out and talked to him about it and I mean it was I think it was great that he wrote the article and so many club members read it that and, and other people in the golf industry it just brought to light what we all knew was true and what we had been up against for so many years and I think it gave us as golf professionals a voice say hey this is, check this out. This is really what's happening. And this is how people feel in the industry right now. And you couple that with just the change in employee and employer Mm -hmm. relationships since COVID. And it really was a perfect storm to really start to make some, some positive change here. I also talked to Seth Waugh about it too on the podcast. And and we talked, we had a whole episode talking about the impact of work-life balance and compensation on PGA professionals. But Right. That was a great episode too. Yeah. yeah I was, it was really, it, w- it was great to, you know, have that frank conversation. Oh yeah. With him. It was great and, to listen to it as well. <laughs> and, you know, the one thing that, uh, one of the things that coming out of all this that we're seeing and, and it's great is that we're seeing increases in compensation. We're seeing the realization that this old schedule of six and seven days a week and however many hours doesn't cut it anymore. And we we did a uh, a poll last year at, at Golf Business Network, and you know, more than half of clubs polled more more than half of private clubs are providing five day work weeks for their assistant professionals, and that's great. So we're on a we're on a great track there. We need to keep the progress going. We're on a great track with compensation. We see um, compensation levels. I think the next time. The next couple times that the PGA compensation survey comes out, I think we're going to see some really significant jumps, especially mm-hmm. in certain areas of the country. And that's great to see. But what I keep saying to people, and this is the point about management and leadership, is that compensation and schedule are one thing. But if you right. have poor leadership and poor management at these facilities, you're just going to have people that are making more and working five days a week being miserable. Right. Instead of combining with like, hey, well, I'm making more and I'm working a fair schedule and I really enjoy being there. I get the support of the people that I work for. The club supports me or the facility supports me. My boss supports me. Uh, I feel like there's room for me to grow. I'm getting I'm developing my skills, being treated fairly. My my contributions matter. I make an impact there. Those Mm -hmm. things that all the all the pay and the work schedules go out the window right. if you don't have good leadership. And right. you know, fortunately in this business, we have a lot of great leaders and people that have taken the time to understand how to lead a team and understand that hey, this is this is a process. You never perfect it. You always have to keep trying to get better at it. 
Um, and just like any other industry, I think we also have, you know, room to grow and improve uh, a lot there too. But I think that the more we commit to making these workplaces, whatever kind of golf facility, great places to work, then you get people that when you come into the, to the golf industry with a passion for golf and you get to bring it to a place where it's really a really great place to work, that's the magic combination. It's the people and the, the work culture all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we talked about a lot about managing the different hats we wear as a golf pro, the challenges you face with work-life balance. Let's let's go a little more positive right now and tell mm-hmm. me, why do you do what you do? What do you love about working in golf? Like, what what fuels you every day when you wake up? So I think what I'm what I'm learning in this new role as a general manager because the day to day tasks are much different than than a lot of the day to day tasks than I that I had as a head golf professional. But what's similar and what and why I enjoy this role and now it's just highlighting things that I like to do is that still about managing people and working mm-hmm. with a team. I enjoy figuring out problems. I enjoy being in the room when we're discussing issues and trying to figure out good solutions. I love figuring out innovative and different solutions or things to, to try. Uh, I was never shy on trying to try something outside the box, you know, as the head golf professional. And I'm not shy about that now as I get into this role. So I think for me, it's really, it's about, you know, managing and leading people and just the opportunity to make an impact. I think yeah. that's a big reason why, why anybody works anywhere. And that that's ultimately what gets you out of, out of bed. If you feel like you have the opportunity to make an impact and that your work matters, then, you know, that's enough, usually right. enough motivation right there. And so for me, St. David's has been a place where I've been able to make an impact for 11 years as the head golf professional and, and watch this club grow and evolve and change all in positive ways. And then now have an opportunity to do it at another level in a different position. That's just exciting for me. And it's all about making a positive impact. And we are just so lucky that we can do it using golf as our platform, as our mode of Mm -hmm. transport per se. And it's the sport that we love, enjoy, and grew up with, right? Right. Yeah. So ultimately, yeah, you get the couple, you know, a job that where you can make a difference with a sport that you love being around and mm-hmm. a sport that you know it's something that you know you get to talk to people about golf all day you know yeah and it's it's great how you cover like where you see how the game is going towards management wise also and bringing more people into the sport bringing more college graduates that want to work in golf and with that article i think the drawback of working as a golf professional was kind of like blown out of proportion that we kind of forget the great stuff about working in golf sometimes yeah i i agree it's it can it's definitely and much like has happened in in many industries since covid the pendulum has swung way over one direction right and some things that that we have to keep in mind and it's just kind of touched on it is that you know working in golf is pretty cool you know ask anybody that you know not a not a lot of people not everybody's working in a cubicle anymore but they're kind of working in their even if they're working at home they're in their own little home cubicle i did that for a year it's not as glamorous as as people think or at least as i thought it was going to be but people have to really remember hey being around the game of golf and showing up to the club every day is pretty cool it definitely could be worse and second of all on the on the the result from that 
article is that people have to also remember that if you, if you want to be successful in anything, you got to put in the work. hard work and dedication. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it, if, if your focus is on is purely on work life balance and you want to work eight hours a day and then do something, you know, then have your free time for eight hours and then sleep for eight hours. Okay, that's fine. But there's somebody that's willing to work 10, 11, 12 hours, you know, for a time of, in their life in order to set themselves up for success down the road. And that hard work and dedication still to this day is going to beat out, mm-hmm. you know, not doing that. So, you know, whether you want to be, you know, golf professional or you want to be a teacher or you want to be on Wall Street, you know, putting in the right. time and the effort, you know, is going to be required if you want to succeed at certain levels, you know, over the long term. Yeah, like good work ethic, no matter what you do, like put your focus mm-hmm. in the right place. If you're focusing on the bad stuff, then, you know, it will always be bad. And like you said, the the great stuff in golf, which I think more people need to learn about and need to hear about, like working as a golf professional, it's just amazing. Like you walk out of your desk, your office, and you get a beautiful sight as your workplace every day and you get to visit your uh, other colleagues places other golf courses and it's, it's yeah and that's that's something too like our industry is so unique versus you know if you work in finance you right. know or you're an architect or you know maybe the as you niche down it gets maybe more so like um like our business but our our industry is so unique the the close-knit nature the willingness to help everybody the, the fact that you can pick up the phone and call somebody and go play golf at, at their club. Yeah. Um, the, the support of each other, the, and, and really the, the support of everybody in their career too. Like mm-hmm. this industry is unique in that, you know, you can go talk to anybody and they're willing to help you about what the, the next steps could be in your career or help you write your resume or help mm-hmm. you with your interviewing or, help you meet somebody to help you network to get you another job and that's not the that's not the way in in every industry you know i remember having a conversation with my brother one time and i was talking about an assistant that was working with me that was we were helping him find another job to move on to another club and he said you know you're the only industry that i've ever known where mm. you help find people you help find ways for people to leave you know right you know and and go find another job and that's unique but that's really what i think one of the coolest things about our industry yeah we just all want to see people do well right and and that's very insightful that's definitely something that you know we we work in this industry and day in day out and we we don't realize and you brought up a really great point that it is indeed an industry that wants you to grow and it doesn't matter if it's with your current boss or not, they they still make that call for you. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing your story and bringing in so many great points. Uh, the final part of this podcast, you know, I gave you a little heads up and yeah. I'm going to ask everybody this question. So the question is, what advice would you have given to the you 10 years ago? knowing what you know now yeah well this one i i have a couple probably answers to this so let's see um because the first one first one i I really probably hit on and if you go back 
for me 10 years ago, you know, 2013, I'm two years into the job as a head golf professional. And in the first few years in a job like that, it really is uh, as, you know, to steal from a football term, like the game's moving really fast for you. Right. You know, it's, right. it's keeping your head above water. It's, it's one, you're going one event to the next and just you know, trying to maybe even at, at a club, you're trying to make improvements. You're trying to implement new things, but the focus is really it's outward and it's to your, your members, your customers. And that's fair. And, but as, as you get more into these positions and that stuff becomes things that you're comfortable with, I realized that, hey, my focus really needs to be on the people that work on my team first and foremost. And I was not good at that in the beginning. Mm. And I just thought like, hey, you know, like I, I shouldn't have to spend a lot of time training them on the ins and outs here because, hey, I figured it out when I was an assistant, you know, or I shouldn't have to spend a lot of time on personnel issues when so-and-so doesn't get along with so-and-so because, hey, listen, I, I mean, you just figure it out, right? I did. Right, right. And that was, uh, or you just deal with it. And I, you know, to my detriment, let some of those things fester and wasn't as good at those things. And it was only as I grew and matured in the position and started really talking to people about things like that, about management and leadership. I had some members here at the club that really gave me some great insight uh, into some things that I do as, as a general manager now as well, that mm -hmm. I, I should have been doing from, from day one, right? So tell any new manager, you get into a management position, the first thing you need to do is commit to sitting down uh, with one-on-one uh, -on -one meetings with each of your direct reports every single week. And that seems like if you would have told me that back 10 years ago, I said, I do not have time for that. Right. Like, you know how busy I am every week. Are you kidding me? I'll do, you know, I'll do it once a month. Um, and at best, maybe I'll do it every two weeks. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, so, I mean, I couldn't even get myself to do that once a quarter back then. You know, if I'd sit down and do the annual review, I'd think that I was, you know, doing great as a manager. But, you know, those one-on-one -on -one meetings, and I could do a whole episode just on those, are just so critical from a relationship building standpoint and building right. better relationships with your team. And that, that's, the, that's the foundation of success with your team. Um, and it's just also as manager, it gets you so tuned into what's going on and you're ahead of so many problems and there are things that are not slipping through the cracks anymore, things that aren't met. There are, there, you have way fewer tough conversations with people because nothing's a surprise anymore. And so that was one of the first things that I implemented into this general manager role was with the direct reports and it's a 30 minute meeting, you know, so mm -hmm. if you have six direct reports, you know, that sounds like, oh, six meetings. Okay three hours a week how many how many hours are you at a club at the club right so right you can't carve out six you know three hours for for your team and so anyway long story short i think understanding that your people in these, these customer service positions the people that you work with the people that work on your team are the most important people not your members not your customers and to some people that sounds like blasphemy like what do you mean the members are the most important the members pay the bills the members are the ones that hire and fire me your success is based on the ability of your people to impact the members i'm only going to talk to so many people today right everybody that works here is going to get you know when you when you add up all the interactions that everybody that works here are going to have with the members today it's going to be, you know, a hundred times more than I'm capable of doing in one day. So how are those interactions? Well, a lot of them have to do with how I'm doing as a leader and as a manager, what culture are we building here? 
How well are people trained? How well do they understand what's important here and what they're supposed to do? How well do the department heads here each, you know, get that out to their teams? That matters, right? Because that impacts the member experience. And so I think that's probably the most important thing that I would say, you know, I wish I knew 10 years ago. And then probably the second thing, I'm going to, so I'm going to cheat and give you two, right. like I said, right. <laughs> um, is that this, this, you have to keep developing your skills. Mm-hmm. And just because we're in golf doesn't mean that golf skills are the only ones that matter, right? right. You ultimately, you know, you're only going to sell, you, you know, you can maybe sell more shirts every year up to a certain point, but you're probably going to cap out at some point. How are, but how are you going to learn how to sell more shirts? Well, you have to learn about business, right? And yet that means getting out of golf mm-hmm. and learning about what's happening with other successful retailers and other successful companies. That means getting outside of golf and learning about marketing. How are companies marketing well? How are they communicating well? What tactics are they using? Not in golf, but outside of golf, right? And what are the, what are the best leaders doing outside of golf? Uh, I think that's something that once I kind of picked up on that and started to understand like how important knowing about marketing communication and tech and technology are then you know that helped me progress as a professional it helped me succeed in my last position it helped me you know be qualified for that last position building up an, an understanding about how to do a podcast and how to build a website and how to market all that and how to how to build an email list and all those things are helping me right now sure I'm not doing a podcast at the club right now but yeah. it's communication. Right. It helps me communicate better when I'm up in front of a group. I'm 10 times better communicator than I was before I did the podcast. As you know, when you listen back to these things and you listen to yourself, as painful as it is sometimes, <laughs> it's, it's really, it's like looking at your golf swing on video, right? Yeah. And saying, okay, I've got some work to do. And so you hear yourself on the recording and say, wow, I've got some work to do. I say, um, and ah, and you know, and whatever all the time. I need to fix that. And so trying all these different things and building up just a vast skill set that beyond golf is so important if you want to be successful uh, over the long term, I think. So as, as uh, Cameron Doan told me, and I go back to this, this quote all the time, mm-hmm. I think it's, that was probably my, one of my favorite interviews. I won't say, you know, it was the favorite, but he was easily one of the favorite. And I said, what are the skills that matter over the long term as a golf professional? And he rattled it off like I had prepped him for this and I hadn't. He said, leadership, communication, organization, and motivation. Boom, four, right like that. And that was what kind of confirmed. I said, okay, I'm, I think I'm on the right track because I was thinking the same thing. But he rattled those off. And I've used that as the foundation for programs I built with GBN and talks I've given to other golf professionals, leadership, communication, organization, and motivation. If mm-hmm. you have all those, you know, again, you'll, you'll, you'll know how to run a member guest and you'll know how to how to run a golf shop and you'll know how to how to operate a caddy program or whatever it may be not not even in golf outside golf those mm-hmm. for leadership communication uh organization organization motivation, and motivation yeah. any industry that that is very important and and when you think about like learning from other business professionals from different industries it's it's so apt and it's so funny to say that being a golf professional, they are right there at your private club. Like they are, yeah. And and how do you take? I wouldn't want to say take advantage, but learn from them because 
they come to their to your club, they want you to do better because you know it it helps them to get a better experience too. And how do you learn from each other? It's so yeah. And and I think when they when they see that that you're you have, they already know you're an expert in golf. Right. And but when they see that you have, you know, knowledge outside of that and that I think it it helps them, you know, respect you on a new level. And then you're right, tapping into that, how can you do that and learn from them, whether it's just informal conversations on the golf course, on the lesson tee, in the golf shop, whatever it may be, you can always do that. My a mentor of mine, Jim Smith from Philadelphia Cricket Club used to have, he probably still has the, he does uh, CEO lunches, he calls them. And he would, he invites a business leader from the Cricket Club to have lunch with him and a couple of the assistants or a couple other um, staff members from the club. And it's just, let me buy you lunch and pick your brain. And the great thing about this industry, it's not just the professionals mm -hmm. in it that want to help each other. It's our customers and our and our members that enjoy being around the golf pros and are, hey, I could sit and have lunch with the pros and they're going to ask me some questions about running my business. Sure. Great. And that community uh, is like, it's really a strength of our industry that I don't know where you can get a doctor, lawyer, right. your, I don't know, finance guy, all right. on table together. Like that's, that's all. Mm -hmm. It really is. It really is. And so I hope that people can can remember that and understand that as something that's unique in our industry. Mm -hmm. And really one of the reasons to be in our industry is as people think about what's right for them and the pluses and minuses, you know, get out and try other things. But you may just find like, hey, that golf is pretty cool. Yeah, I always say uh, the community for golf is one of the reasons why I love this game so much and why I do what I do. And to spread that positivity that we can spread. So just to, to wrap things up, I know it's a little abrupt here, but uh, thank, thank you for all the insight that you gave, uh, especially the leadership part. Like you said, you need the right people with the right systems. You can't only have a system. And that's, that's why we go on internship and that's why we learn mm -hmm. the things we do, right? And uh, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Well, I really appreciate it. Thanks for thinking of me and asking me to be on your show. And congrats to you on kicking off this, this show and best of luck with everything. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. All right. And that was the conversation that we had with Dean Kendall uh, from a podcast host to a podcast host, from a golf professional to another aspiring golf professional. I think it was a lot of great points that he covered and he's a, a fountain of knowledge and he was so willing to share and so willing to give so much advice out there. And I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. And we will see you in two weeks for episode three. It's going to be an episode with a guest that I'm very, very excited to have a conversation with. And a little closer to home, um, if that gives you a hint of who the guest might be. So we'll see you in two weeks and... Have a good one. Once again, this is Whaley signing off. 